0: Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au Well, and great to have you here with us. My name is Jeff, Jeff Woodward. If I haven't had the pleasure of meeting you, I hope we get to maybe after this service or on Sunday. That'll be great. Thank you so much. And how good are Nikki and Luke growing all the time? It's so fantastic. Thank you. I want to give a big shout out, thank you to everyone that's online, but particularly Tiza, our business manager, who's gone back to Trinidad uh, to be with her mum, and I have no idea what the time is in Trinidad, but she's online chatting with everybody there, so uh, hi Tiza, say hi to your mum for us, uh, also we want to give our love to Pastor Bruce, they've had a, a family sadness in their uh, family, and so uh, we just send our love to you, Bruce and Robin. And we know that the grace and the peace of God is going to be there for you guys in a very special way. Thank you everyone that's here for coming to join with us. Our, we really felt this year that instead of uh, what we often have done at Easter, where there's a lot of production and drama, we wanted to strip it right down to the very basics of what the cross and what Good Friday is all about. And on this very good Friday where we rightly focus on Jesus' death on the cross, but tonight if you will come with me, I want to take you back a few steps on Jesus' journey just prior, a matter of hours before the cross. Because I think it's got something to say to every single one of us that are either in a trial or have been in one or most likely will have one somewhere in our future. Because I don't think that the cross is meant to be something you just wear around your neck. I don't think it's even meant just to be a place and a moment in history. I think it's meant to continue to speak to our life in our day. I don't believe that Jesus is just sitting in heaven remote and somehow rather separated from humanity. I believe that He walks the streets. I believe He goes to homes. I believe that He comes into lives still just like He did in His day, He walked with everyday people. And I believe He wants to do the same again. I know that Jesus is not complicated. People will try and make Him so. They'll try and make it difficult. But Jesus was not complicated. He was, not, he was complex in the depth of His life. But there was something simple that everyday people, the Bible says, heard Him gladly. They loved what He had to say. So, I want to take you back and I want to begin at the place we'll celebrate a little bit later. And it's the, the, what the disciples would have called the Passover. We would call it communion, or there's lots of names the churches give to it. But it's a matter of only hours prior to when he will be on the cross. Luke 22, verse 14 says, When it was time, he sat down, all the apostles with him. And he said this. You've no idea how much I've looked forward to eating this Passover meal with you before I enter my time of suffering. Now, I've been around long enough and have dealt with people long enough to observe that most of us, when we get into a trial or some major crisis, we tend to shut down and we tend to isolate. We tend to withdraw into ourselves. You'll know that that's probably what you've done or people that you've observed doing. But here we see Jesus about to go to the cross and He does the exact opposite. Matter of fact, I'm going to give you just three quick places and every one of them, Jesus does the opposite of what people do. And you've got to understand there's a reason for that because I can't have a Saviour who's only as good as me. I can't have a Saviour who's only got as much power as me. If He's only human then He can't save me. And so He does things so radically different and He invites us to learn from what He does. Verse 15 again says, You've no idea how much I've looked forward to eating with you. Here is Jesus gathering, not scattering. Here is Jesus getting together with people in a time of crisis. Psalm 4 and verse 1 says this, uh, the psalmist says, God In my distress, you made my world bigger, not smaller. I want to challenge you tonight because lots of you will be in times and spaces right now, as much of the world is, where we're kind of like battening down the hatches. We're shutting people out. We're, you know, read your paper. Lots of stuff being spoken about mental health. But a whole lot of it comes down to people going, you know what, I'm tired of this and I I just... I'm just withdrawing into my little bunk, bunker and I'm hiding there until it's over. And Jesus, about to face His great trial, does the exact opposite. He actually reaches out. He actually gathers people round about Him, not strangers, but with people who've become family to Him. I believe one of the greatest things you'll ever do in your life is to build great connections and to resist the temptation to cut them off in your moment of trial. As simple as that sounds, I'm not trying to preach you a sermon. I, I hope that tonight the Holy Spirit will tap some of you on the shoulder and say, make that phone call. Go and have coffee with that person. You know, don't shut down, but actually enlarge your world. Bring the people around about you. One of the great things about church is that you gather with people whose only agenda is faith and worship to God. That's powerful. The second place though that Jesus goes on his journey to the cross is the Garden of Gethsemane. Luke's Gospel, chapter 22, same chapter. Then accompanied by the disciples after the meal was finished, he left the upstairs room and went as usual to the Mount of Olives and there he told them, pray that you will not give in to temptation He walked away about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed and listened to his prayer. Again, it's the total opposite of what all the rest of us probably pray. Hello, anybody here ever been through a trial? I've been through a couple. And I know this is usually not my first thought. My first thought is, God, why? Second thought is, get me out of here. Yesterday would be a good time to do it. And Jesus prayed. Father, if you're willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Can I say to you as Christians, we sometimes lose this and we start acting like God is there to to fit my agenda, my calendar, my plans. And Jesus doesn't do that. He does the opposite. He says, I want your will to be done, not mine. Why? Because being in the will of God is being in the presence of God. And that's always the safest and the best place. And if you don't know God, then that won't make any sense because you'll think it's a, a mental place where you go to hide. You know, that God is some construct of your imagination or of your upbringing or your background or your culture, but He's not. God is a person. And because He's a person, when you come into His presence, you are coming into the place where the Almighty, where the one who loves totally and faithfully is going to hold on to your life. In a trial, don't surrender to circumstance, surrender your life and your future to God. It's a great thing to do. The third place that Jesus goes to is his trial before Herod. And uh, again, Tessie was leading us in that song earlier on. And reading that scripture, he opened not his mouth. That's what Luke 23, 9 says, that he questioned him with many words, but he answered him nothing. Do you know why? Because sometimes in a trial, there aren't any words and there aren't any simple answers. I don't want to disillusion you, but sometimes you'll get into a place like, hello, I reckon many is the week where I pray and say, God, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't know what's the answer for this. I don't know what's the right answer. Path to take on this one. And sometimes when you don't know, the best thing you can do is say nothing and wait. Because when there aren't any simple answers, it's only because you can't see the purpose of it yet. So when the answer is not clear, wait for it to be revealed in your life. These steps that Jesus took in His journey to the cross are actually got something to say to you and I about the life I live in the 21st century. Got something to say about gathering people around about, about surrendering your, your will to God's will and about understanding sometimes it's not going to be clear what the answer is. The last place that Jesus gets to is the journey to the cross. Luke 23 and verse 34, Jesus is on the cross. And again, He does and says the opposite of what people do. Because when we get into a trial, we start looking for whose fault it is that we got into it, what mistake we made, what misstep we took, how we ended up in this place we don't want to be in. And listen then to these words of Jesus in Luke 23, verse 34. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. In the middle of his trial, the greatest of all, his thoughts are about others. How incredible is that? So if you're in a trial and you need help, here's a little suggestion. Find a way to help somebody else. Many, many years ago, I sat at a wedding next to a medical doctor who specialised in helping people with mental illness so bad that they literally had been given up on. And I asked him once, because he had such success and was so well known for it, I said, can you please tell me, what do you do that's so different? And there was a lot of things. He was a medical doctor, and so there was medical treatment that he offered. But he said, this one thing I do with every single one of them. He said, I get them to find a way to help somebody else. He told me about one person who was so... Uh, destroyed mentally, that they were incapable of any function. And then he discovered that they used to be a teacher. So he little bit by little bit got them teaching remedial English, I think it was, to these tiny children. And it began to be the pathway out. Why? Because Jesus on the cross wasn't thinking about himself. If you're in a trial and you need encouragement, he's a little hint. Find someone else to encourage. You say, I don't feel like, I go, yeah, but that's the point. I don't think Jesus was on the cross going, isn't this great? I think he's on the cross going, this is the worst. I've asked you, Lord, to take it away, but I've surrendered my will to you. I know that even though it doesn't look obvious right now what this is about, the disciples don't get it. They tried to talk him out of going. The Romans don't get it because they look at him and go, that's the end of him. The Jewish leaders, they look at it all and go, enough of this troublemaker. It's not obvious at all. But it was revealed and it did come to pass. Now I'm not saying that your trial of mine is anything like his because his trial is unique. His death on the cross has got no equal in all of history. According to the Bible, his death on the cross provided redemption for every single human being ever born from that point on. Six billion people on planet Earth. Every single one of them, somehow or other, supernaturally, His death was enough for every single one of us. Titus chapter 2, verse 11, one of the books of the New Testament says this, for the grace of God that brings salvation has now appeared to everyone. You know, I sometimes talk to people and sometimes I'm sad to say even some Christians and some Christian leaders who kind of make it sound like somehow or other to make this step to become a believer involves a lot of, convincing and persuading and argument and debate. And and I know some people may need a lot of those kind of things answered, but I, I believe in a Savior who saves. I believe in a Savior who's right there and He'll reach out to you. I don't believe you've got to get the answers to every doubt in your mind. Quite frankly, most of us here, if we're honest, will tell you from time to time there's a lot of things we wonder about. It's not like we've got it all neatly sewn up. And yet somehow or other, in that moment where somebody simply says, Jesus, I'm going to trust you. Jesus, I want you in my life. That's it. I know that that can sound so simple. You go, really? Oh yeah, absolutely. Seen it thousands of times. I want to pray right now for anybody that's here, either in the building or you're online. You say, Jeff, I don't know Jesus like that. And my goodness, that's so simple. I could do that. Just privately where you are, I'm not going to embarrass anybody because it's really your commitment to Jesus. It's what you want to say to Him tonight and what you want to say from your heart, what you want in the inside to say, Jesus, I'd like to know You. I don't, I don't have it all worked out, but I feel like You're it. You're there. Father, I thank You for every single one of those people. Whoever they are, wherever they are, whether with us right now or it's during the week and they've got a hold of this on YouTube somehow or other or one of the other platforms, Lord, and they're just right now in that place. They might be in a trial or maybe their life's just so sweet beautiful. And yet right now, Lord, they're saying, I'd like that. Jesus, I thank You that was me all those years ago. Had a lot of questions but knew just enough to say yes to you. I thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for the thousands and the millions that are saying yes to you right around the world. Thank you, Jesus. Help them, Lord. Amen. If you've said yes to Christ in your heart, we'd love to help you. That's why we exist. We want to help people. We're not about a brand. We're not about a name of a church. We're about the name. We'd love to help you. And if you say yes, if you text yes to the number that's up there on the screen or it'll be outside and some of the info out there. 0488 if you're in Australia or if you're outside of Australia or you'd like to get our help via email, then it's yes.metrochurch.org.au or if you're with us at MetroChurch.online, the yes button's there for you. And then we'll just send you every day uh, a Bible verse just for you, a different one every day. won't take you long to read it. The whole lot fits on one screen of a smartphone. A prayer that you can pray to help you get started. We'll never write and ask you for money. We won't write and ask you for anything. We're just going to help you. That's what we'll do. And so you can do that with confidence. That number's up there on the screen for you. It'll stay there for a minute we love you to say yes to Jesus. People do it almost every week. I know this week I got a message from Solomon, I think, saying someone had said yes to Christ during the week. Must have been watching. And I, my heart was just so thrilled. I wonder who they are. I, I, we don't try and find out, by the way, but I just love the idea that somebody started a journey with Jesus. And that's such a beautiful thing. We're going to share communion together tonight as the, we've been talking about it, singing about it, about His death on the cross and what that means for every one of us. And So we invite you to join with us. You don't have to be a member of this church. Uh, we'd love you to join with us. T- team, please come. And they're going to begin to serve you. Just take uh, one of the cups, got a tiny piece of bread in it. And the other one's got uh, some juice in there. And We'd love you to take that. The team up here have already done this before the service. That's why they won't be joining us. They're playing and they're going to be leading us and singing another song in just a minute while you're being served. So thank you so much. You're most welcome to join with us. Just hold the cup and the bread until everyone's been served. Then we'll stand, we'll eat and drink together as the family of God, as the redeemed people of God, as the believers, the followers of Christ that we are. Thank you so much, team, if you want to come.